Wednesday, October 4th. Welcome to Postmarking 23. I'm Scott Southern. And I'm Tim Crisp, your host. Scott, my friend, Pearl Jam sucks, and the Supersonics were lousy anyway. Oh, my God. Was that the best segment of television I that can't... has happened in the past five years? Yeah, I can't believe we didn't talk about this before we started recording. That was definitely the topic of the week, right? Like, that was powerful. It really was. It made, it made me... I mean, I think the last time that happened, we were live for, right? When we saw Roman Reigns get his ass booed. Yeah, but, but that, that was different. Uh, that was different. That was that was a crowd saying, "We don't like the story that you're telling here. We don't like what this guy just did to the Undertaker." Right. This the, was like you insulted our town like mean men. Like they do every week. Every like these two dudes are good at it, right? But they didn't do anything particularly and I think it was like funny to see that the you know you have Kevin Owens and Elias both after like forty five seconds of not saying anything they're just like okay and then they just like they just throw every like you know well you people in Seattle that they can mm-hmm. out there and it still works it just keeps going it was. And- I think you see at that one, there's a brief moment Kevin Owens starts laughing and it's just it's adorable. so fucking funny. And because that guy, like how many times has that guy like in the past six years generated the, cr- the crowd response that he as a heel character is supposed to generate? Right. He gets, I mean, we all boo him, right? When he comes out because we respect, but we kind of all pop as soon as he comes out and then we boo yeah. because we love him and we're trying our best to promote his work, right? We're trying to tell the world that Kevin Owens is great at being a bad guy. And so we boo and we put our big like thumbs downs out there and, and, and just boo. But that was, that was a wave. That was heavy. It was so fucking fun too. just be. I think everybody just taking it in was like, like, oh my God, that was unexpected because you could go like one of my favorite, one of my favorite, uh, city sports moments was when Chris Jericho, uh, shows up in Buffalo early in Chris Jericho's WWF run shows up in Buffalo, and this is right after the Sabres lost to the Dallas cool Stars. Canadian and guy. Yeah. Coming after the hockey. And he just, he, you know, they do the, you know, the Jericho thing where his back is turned during the entrance, and you can see that he's got, like, hockey gear on, and he turns around, and he's just decked out in Dallas Stars garb. <laughs> That's so good, It's man. amazing. Remember when Punk wore those pinstripes? That yeah, that was I, so that's good. the best one. That right? was really good. I really he was so good for a, for a minute there. That's my favorite era of. I mean, it's kind of hard to because like when I think of when I think of Money in the Bank, I just think of like sitting in those seats with you and Ben and and Dan and like you know everything that just happened like around that time and like it's it, it it's it's kind of like. You know, hearing the fucking music that you liked when you were 16 and you like it now because, you know, you think about your friends. Yeah, you think about driving in the car that you were in when you were a kid. And But objectively, CM Punk's, like, heel turn, the beginning of him with Paul Heyman. Oh, yeah. Is the best thing that he ever did. He was great at trolling the crowd. But I mean, even then, I don't know if he got booze like this because still then people were huge fans of punk i mean maybe at least the smarks were right and and this as time has gone by from then till now that line has gotten more and more blurred because like eight-year-olds are smarks now so we don't really even know what that means but right you know back then there was definitely respectful respectful booze being hurled it'd be interesting punk. to like go back and watch that night of champions pay-per-view just to see what the what the crowd reaction is actually like because like even though it is in in boston and and seen as a hometown guy 
uh, he still doesn't like get like a baby face pop. No, because that crowd. I mean, that's one of the funniest like anachronisms I think of of John Cena in that era when any grown up booed him. Boston wrestling fans, are, Bostonites are like a very particular bunch of people, right? And I think they're much more prone to boo people like John Cena in general, and him being a hometown boy just like muddles that that all that up in a really interesting way yeah i'd love to watch that pay-per-view again oh it's so good it's so good i was just listening to somebody like a a a boston uh not a boston person but like his his dad was like a red Sox fan and he was talking about how like yo like sure new england patriots fans now like people talk about them but like you don't know what it was like because my dad was a red Sox fan and he just knew they were never going to do it. And that's a pretty interesting yeah. thing to like think about cuz now it's like there's a big like pride aspect to it and we're kind of seeing it happen with the Cubs here too. It's like well, now that peace this year. Right. No, but now that they like but they're good. They're good, but they're like moving they're they're just so far removed from that spot where it was just like they're just never going to do it. Yeah, I think we at all and that's an interesting mindset to be in, yeah, for an entire fandom, for an entire city's fandom. The curse, truly. Um, but hey, we got uh, we got we had a pretty pretty exciting week. We had a pretty unexciting last week. Uh, yeah, I'm so, glad we didn't we didn't have a show last week. So unexciting it because well. because it was like it was like hey, you know what I would I would rather do for an hour get a cup of coffee. With you, my hey, we got a nice Scott. cup of coffee nice together. Cup of coffee. Didn't, didn't a cup of Joe. have to talk about wrestling at all. Because I will say, I will say, and this is something that I I, I I'm a little embarrassed to to share with our audience here, but the words that I used for you after last week's Raw with regards to the Dean Ambrose storyline was that I felt and I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna qualify it. I'm going to say it the way that I just, said hey, it. Just say it, say it as it is. I said it was insulting, that storyline with Dean Ambrose. Yeah. Because for me, it felt like coming away from uh, Raw last week, it was like this seems to have been a one-episode story where we're questioning Dean's allegiance to the Shield. But turns out... We don't need to because he's back in the fold. And I was just like, what a fucking waste of time. But that's how we started this week. And I actually like with a lot of cynicism was listening to raw because that's what I did. I just listened to raw while I was at work. Cool. Um, Cool. Dude fucking got, got the headphones on was just like playing it on my phone and like <laughs> doing work it's it, this is it's Wait, gonna take are, oh on hulu on your phone yeah i got okay. hulu on yeah, my phone great got bluetooth what headphones. age we live in i was at the roaster uh you know Roasting for, those for a few hours and then i was just like oh you know what i just downloaded a book about napoleon an audio book about napoleon dynamite uh yeah and I was like, oh, this is so great. I got this I got this big old endeavor. And the only reason that I really put it on my phone was to make sure that I do a lot of things that aren't that. So I felt sure. really good yeah. about like, oh, I'll listen to Monday Night Raw <laughs> on my phone. So I don't have to listen to on Napoleon. On my Bluetooth headphones so I don't have to listen to this book about Napoleon, which is actually pretty good so far. But... I was listening, and it starts off with the Dean Ambrose well, segment. And that promo is, is... It's really good. He does a great job throughout it. It's, he's... I think it's an interesting thing where... I mean, we can talk for hours about how uh, aggressively the WWE can fumble intended subtlety, you know? And, like, the prior week was a, was a perfect example of... of you know, the rumors have been, or maybe we are just kind of using collective wrestling history to mold this uh, this sense of, I guess, um, like fantasy booking, 
where we're thinking that Dean Ambrose is going to turn on the shield, right? Like people have been talking about this since he came back a month ago and we're, we're already talking about when is he going to turn on Seth and blah, blah, blah. And obviously like WWE understands this, the storytellers, the story writers know this. And then they wrote it into one day's worth of programming, which is exactly what was so insulting about it. And it was ham fisted as shit and, and whatever. But Dean comes out the next week and addresses this in a very active manner in a way that, you know, it's the, it's a great, uh, like, worked shoot in the modern era of wrestling. The way that good promos come out, it was solid and it, it treated us with respect and it addressed real issues. Yeah, you know, I, I really like the fact that they were able to put together, you know, a list of, like actual grievances and actual things that like you know i i love the line about how jason jordan replaced him so quickly and that came off in a really like you know it it comes off as like the thing that you've been wanting to say but it never is going to come out exactly how you want it to so it, it just had like a nice nuance to it and i felt like a lot of that a lot of that promo was like really yeah, not not subtle because it's wrestling, but it was like, okay, he's put together a list of like, here are the reasons why I might be a little upset. And it's things that I've been like thinking over, like, why has it gone this way? And the fact that he doesn't have a title, I think is like so legit. And I really liked Corbin coming out and saying, here are your three options. Yeah. I kind of wanted him to pick one of those two, Roman or Seth. Sure. But the result of him backstage with both of them being like, could have been the champion tonight. Like, that's fucking so smart. Yeah, and I think it really plays, I don't know, I think it plays really well into the way that we perceive Dean, right? We know that obviously Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins look and act like WWE wrestlers. They look like the kind of people that WWE wants to put on their posters and their video games and all that shit. And Dean doesn't look like that at all, but he's also, you know, supremely talented, great on the mic. He holds the team together, blah, blah, blah. And for him to kind of poke at that and then poke at the team kayfabe style was like, I don't know. I thought it was, really it's, smart it, it's kind of like the way it, it's kind of the way you want things to go in this age that we're in where the lines of reality are different than they've been in the past but you want it to continue to progress as wrestling stories do so the the idea that you're able to hit both sides of that reality line i think it's very smart and it's it's it really took me and i i liked how it went throughout the night and i feel like it's it's one of those things that they have actually yeah they've they've done a pretty good job of like setting this into motion that hopefully doesn't go too quickly but there's a lot of moving parts here and i think that's a good thing yeah I, and I don't want to overstate it. I don't think this was like a great moment of brilliance or everything or anything like that. But I do think that it was just a really nice example of really solid storytelling in the current era of wrestling in this reality era. And it kind of hit all of the angles it needed to hit. And it was it's a very smart, complex, fulfilling story happening right now. Yes, it does have the... Um the ability and I've got sequels on my mind because I I just listened to the blank check episodes about the matrix. So did you listen to all three of them? Yeah. Cool. Fantastic. I just listened to the revolutions one the other day. actually. Yeah. And I also just watched Hannibal for the first time since. Is that two? Is that the second one? Yeah, that's the second one. And that one very similarly to the matrix takes a very good initial story and some very good characters and then it throws too many new people in too many uh different storylines that are happening where it's 
the the strength of the first in both the matrix and in silence of the lambs is that you have you know a couple of storylines going very strong characters and it's tight yeah yeah both of those films are really tight silence of the lambs is like yeah these two very strong leads and it's not that it's just a tight narrative but it's also like any of the symbolism in there any of any of like this overarching story being told is all wound within itself and that's kind of like how i was seeing like things playing out here where i think the the drive of this is that really we're trying we're just trying to get roman over that's all that this is is that we are trying to give a storyline where roman comes off positively to the audience that people are invested in something that roman is involved in in some way and we now have uh two factions five other people <laughs> that are here to fucking holy support shit i never i mean i hadn't been thinking about it that way but it's so funny that he is maybe the most background character of this six person play that's on right now he has the least amount of of narrative push in this storyline but it's all about him but it's all about him right that's so the fact that like you know he talked about like dean talked about running roman off the road with his car and everybody cheered and then roman came out for a save and people were booing and then seth came out and people were like not full-on cheering because Mm -hmm. roman was still involved he's still there you can't cheer um but you know, I think that being said, that's kind of that's kind of a tough comparison on them. It's just like I think that I'm going to be very cautious of what the payoff is for Dean, what's going to happen to Seth, what's going to happen to Drew. Yeah, all of these people that are involved in this thing that are just there to to give a boost to a storyline that people don't really care for like that end result just like listening to to them talk on blank check morpheus just spends the third movie sitting down it's true right yeah and i wonder if this is going to play out as i mean i'm really interested to see to take an objective look back on the Roman Reigns era in 10 years or 15 years uh, to see if it's like, if we think of it as a black, as like the black hole that we're all considering it right now, where like, obviously there's great wrestling going on, but Roman Reigns is a mag, like a gravitational pull of all wrestling and has been for a couple of years now. It's going to be really interesting because I think that they are, WWE does a really good job of highlighting certain aspects of history and then propelling that as like, you know, what happened. So I think it'll be interesting because like they're the obvious look back at all of this is going to be, you know, Roman Reigns just sitting and, and talking about dealing with the fact that he like everybody hated him and he feels shitty about it and and like they'll show you know clips of of just crowds booing him um i think that i i guess just like what i'm gonna want to hear is the people who are feeling like they're beating their head against the wall not in how to push roman but in how to convince other people that pushing Roman is not going to get anywhere. Yeah, I would, I mean, an oral history of this is really what I want. An oral history of the Roman Reigns experiment. Do you, do you ever think that like Seth is talking to someone backstage just being like, this is negatively affecting me. Does that happen? I wonder. Is everybody just a team player? Yeah. I mean, I wonder because I was listening to an interview with Dolph Ziggler today and he was, and they were talking about how he's having such a great year. Right. And we've been framing this in a way that Roman Reigns is kind of dragging everybody down or expending all of these resources, right? Expending five other wrestlers in order to, 
push himself. Obviously, it's not his. I'd call. say four because Braun is. But you know what? Actually, no, I'm not going to say that because apparently we're the only people who don't like Braun Strowman. Do people like Braun Strowman? I feel like the crowd fucking still is. I think they just cheer for him because he's the opposite of Roman. Sure. All right. Good. But go, go back to, to what you were saying. Totally. I, I think I wonder though if rather than these resources being expended on Roman, instead of that, it's just like, oh, we do have six people in the main event. Yeah. D- Dolph Ziggler is getting a better look than he has in years. Dolph looked so good during that match. I watched that match. I didn't just listen to oh. it. And I also watched, excuse me, Ruby Riot and oh, Ronda yeah. Rousey. Ruby and Dolph both looked so good. And I think that's something that is probably going to be part of the Roman narrative too, and rightly so. That guy has fucking good matches. And that yeah. match with Dolph, it wasn't like a 20-minute like match. It was like a medium-length Raw match, but it was really good. It was really good. It was super captivating. There are, you know, you're not like, oh, my God, like Dolph's going to win. But he, you feel like that little bit inside that's just like, he's got a fucking fighting chance he totally here. He could do it. Uh, and yeah, that's very true. I, I think, and that's kind of the charm of Dolph Ziggler, really, right? Like always. He's always doing that, and you always want him to win. No matter what position he's in, you always kind of think and hope that maybe this is the time. And that's, you know, regardless of where he's at in the narrative structure at this point, it's just, oh, geez, I hope underdog Dolph wins this time. And that's going to be who what he's branded with for the rest of his career. Yeah, I feel like this is not going to be the last time that we are pretty convinced that they don't give a shit about Dolph and then suddenly Dolph's back. Yeah. Which is which is what just happened. I got to say that I really really enjoyed the Ruby Riot uh Ronda match because I like seeing Ronda on Raw and I like seeing her work in a match where it's like clearly she's going to go over but Ruby comes in looking strong, and what they do a really, really good job of selling with her is that, look, we know that she's a fighter, but she's never been a wrestler before, and they really sold, like, you don't see this in UFC. Yeah. Like, that was the big uh, sell of, you know, the five minutes of offense that Ruby got. It's like, Ruby's a much more experienced wrestler than she is, and it's it's a good look. Ruby looked great in there i think that they're doing just a really good job of like making ronda feel really special and also like letting her get some fucking reps in there and you know prove herself like as somebody who can just wrestle a good five minute match on raw yeah the i think the thing that everybody's a little scared about is ronda turning into the the brock lesnar the late brock lesnar uh, formula of he just passed? <laughs> the late era Brock Lesnar. Can I tell uh, you something about Hannibal really quick? Yeah, before? of course. Because you know what I do every time. Is I that watch... the one? Wait, is this the one that has the wheelchair on fire? No, that's Red Dragon, which uh, came after Hannibal, okay. and it's actually much better. Um, Classic Bobby Fish, Han- O'Reilly. What's that? They're in uh, Red Dragon. Um, right. Uh, yeah, that's Red Dragon. It has Edward Norton to its detriment, but it has Philip Seymour Hoffman as like a slimy journalist. Oh no! And, He's trying to get the scoop. And Ray Fiennes as the other villain, which is fucking dope. I love Ray Fiennes. Anyway, I'm looking at the IMDb trivia to Hannibal, which is what I do after every movie that I see. I fucking get on that IMDb uh-huh. page. I see how much money it made, and I look at the trivia. Every single piece of trivia in that movie, they refer to him as Sir Anthony oh, Hopkins. Oh, he was knighted. And I'm like, get the fuck out of my face. He was knighted. Sir Anthony Hopkins. Anthony. Um, so, what were we saying? We, we're worried about about Rhonda being the late. The late great Brock Lesnar. The late great no, I Brock think Lesner. I think we're concerned, right? That towards the end of the Brock uh, 
era, he it it was the classic Brock Lesnar match, right? It's like ninety suplexes, uh, getting shoved around a little bit, a couple of F fives, and that's your match. Which you know I've gone on, but on record, awesome. it's the best. It's the best style of match anyone can fight. But I think we were all concerned that that's exactly what was going to happen to Ronda. And wh- why it worked with Brock is because Brock proved that he could do a shooting star first, you know, years prior. And then he decided that, no, this is the most effective method for wrestling. It's like Pablo Picasso, right? Guy could paint a nice landscape. But oh, he decided, Pablo Picasso. Oh, big pabs. <laughs> Sir Pablo. Uh, <laughs> but I, th- I think I think what what uh, what's happening here, and just like exactly what you're saying with, with Ronda, that... Um, She's getting wrestling reps in, and I think that's really cool that it's not just going to... I think it's cool that she can do her, like, a judo hip toss and an arm bar, and that's going to be a great way to finish people off, but hopefully over the course of the next few months, we can see some wrestling happen. So there's one more uh, question that I want to ask you about, Dean, before we move on to the other things on the Super Showdown. I was watching, and and I'm wondering, do you like the fact that Renee Young has not been pressed as Dean Ambrose's spouse. Yeah, I think that's fine that she's not pressed. I didn't like that she didn't sell it as existing prior. Recently, I I don't know if it was this week or last week. It might have been last week. She was talking, they were, you know, talking over like, is Dean gonna turn on the shield, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, she said something like, look, guys, Dean's a hard guy to read. I can't even read him really well. That was this week. Yeah. Was that this week? Yeah. I, I fucking loved that. I thought I that was awesome. I think not acknowledging that they're married is stupid, but I also think it would be crappy to force Renee into this valet role while she's the announcer. Yeah. I think it, I was watching it and I, and I kind of had a similar reaction to where I really like that Graves has not gone like come on like tell us more and he he like has a little bit but it hasn't been like you know this you know what's going on in his head because i think it does a lot and this sounds like maybe a little goofy but i think it's important the fact that renee's uh integrity as the commentator i think especially during this time it should be like firmly like held and i 100 percent early on in her career as an announcer it's not yeah. like jim ross and stone cold it's uh this is early and she's a woman she's a first woman she's this is an uphill battle gaining and establishing credibility right now i think it would be silly to turn her into the the valet of dean it does feel a little goofy when she like refers to him as dean ambrose but like the 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 comment that you pointed out i think is really good and that's a good like little way of just you know acknowledging the fact that they are married but they're not going to be that's not going to be like part of a storyline and it's not going to be like what is going on uh between the announcers every time that dean is on television i think that's right it's a good thing in general another uh commentary point that i would like to dwell on a little bit here as we move as we shift topics, do you find it to be maybe taking away a little bit from the moment the fact that Michael Cole has to refer to everybody by their nickname as well as their name when you have uh, the phenom, the undertaker, the big red machine, Kane, oh, here he is, the heartbreak kitchen, like all of these things that are happening like with a uh, pretty serious weight behind them in in the main event and maybe this happens all the time I was just like particularly honed in on because you were here. listening to it this time <sighs> it's like it's like okay we get it like the monster among men you want to sell somebody on like a nickname and it's somebody that's maybe a little bit fresher for the audience do you have to fucking call Kane like the big red machine a name that they probably have trademarked as like Kane's nickname when we're like kind of you know playing off the fact that like Shawn Michaels is an old man that's getting beaten up right now yeah it does take so that that feud this feud is 
in a really weird spot, right? It's in a really weird spot. And I don't, because it's, it's something that 10 years ago could have been like one of the biggest, most, I mean, it was, this is an old feud that was one of the most intense feuds in the history of wrestling, right? Like these three dudes plus Kane, I guess, uh, existing together in a ring. And I, I, it's, it's hard because right now there's no stakes, right? Like we know this is just a fucking house show match. Right. Uh, and, and maybe, maybe Shawn Michaels comes back or whatever. We could talk about that later, but it's, it's weird that I think they think that they need to impart on us how important this shit is. Because it's not, and we all know it. Yeah, I think that I I've actually enjoyed the build to this. Yeah, I think, I think that, it's fine and fun for sure. I'm not like talking trash on this at all, but it's also not important. It's it's cool. Well, it's none of it's important. It's, it's wrestling. Like what? Right. What about it is is less important to you than? So this is this is something that I thought was really profound. Listening to the Masked Man show this week, Aubrey Sitterson said that uh wrestling is based on the impact events in wrestling are based on the impact that they have moving forward right this is not going to have any impact moving forward unless Shawn michaels comes back yeah but this is a, this is a total bottle episode of wrestling this is some th- a well, one-off I, I think event. that i like it as a bottle episode I think and i think cool, i like it sure. as like a bottle storyline that like maybe it has implications in saudi arabia right that's that's the whole thing here right that maybe it does maybe there's this weird sort of like secondary plane of existence that's just international stadium shows and that's where these storylines play out because there aren't enough that's my biggest (laughs) biggest problem with wrestling is that there's so not enough and while i do enjoy the fact that like oh i'm finished with work and i'm only like two-thirds of the way finished with monday night raw well i'll just i'll just leave with it still going in my headphones and then when i get in my car and turn on the car i'll just turn it on the bluetooth of the car and just (laughs) listen to wrestling while i'm driving home so that i can fucking talk about it this week um i i think that like you know we all know that it like it doesn't matter, right? It's not like whoever wins this match is going to have a title shot. But I think the idea of like building stakes really just, it's, it's, it's ostensibly just for the purpose of just like selling you on, on why you should come to the show. Totally. It's a house show thing, right? It's a main event thing. Yeah. But it's also like, an 80,000 person house show. Yeah, so it has to be big. It has to be meaningful somewhat. And, you know, they're drawing on past storylines and they're building towards a potential something. It's like a reunion. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, that has no bearing at all on any other storyline in wrestling and it won't matter outside of this small bubble. I think it's fun and and I'm happy it exists to some degree. I think it's been nice just in that they found a way to make it matter. And if it was just Triple H versus The Undertaker to like headline this this big show that starts at four o'clock in the fucking morning, like I wouldn't give a shit. Yeah, totally. And I now I do. I do too. I okay. Two two questions. How? What do you want to happen with Shawn Michaels? And when are you going to watch this show? Um, I want to know where Shawn Michaels gets his headbands. <laughs> um, because, you know, working with the, the, a similar amount of hair on the top of my head, like I'm often having problems with my cowboy hat flying <laughs> off. Because that's what that's there for, right? To keep the cowboy hat I think on? it's there to keep the cowboy hat in place. I thought it was there that in case the cowboy hat falls off, then nobody knows that he doesn't have much hair. Well, how would a headband... Because uh, he looks cool and badass. Oh, yeah. Everyone's like, hey, 
I didn't I didn't notice that you're bald because I'm just looking at your cool headband. <laughs> maybe maybe it was oh no, they were in Seattle. Portland had SmackDown. Who was that guy that played for the Trailblazers that wore a headband but in like nineteen ninety three? There was a guy that played that was on that Trailblazers team with like Clyde Drexler, uh, who wore a headband. He was like the Scottie Pippen of that team, but it was like way before like LeBron came and, and a lot of people wear headbands now. I don't know. Um I I honestly don't know when I'm going to watch this because uh as you know, I'm officiating a wedding this weekend. Oh right. I'm a little bit nervous. I Do you have things prepped? I have an idea oh no you're putting it off yeah i went to write it i went to write it last weekend and then i was just like i just can't do this without any pressure that's sure. kind of how it's always you been. gotta let it build up i don't really have like much going on uh tomorrow after like two o'clock though so okay so you got plenty of time still i think that like what i'm what i'm working with is the you know the idea of like my friendships with these two people and how can i chop that down into a way of like this is what i've gained from knowing these people and this is what i'm sure everybody here today can also uh you know agree with me on what's your what is your uh how long are you shooting for 15 minutes cool get them the get them in get them fucking out of there none of uh-huh. this like none of this like uh like uh male dominant language like this is this is you may kiss each other oh like, nice I'm fucking getting in on that i i want i want it's also national led light bulb day which i think i told I think you, you yeah, so I, we got I'm we got some fucking bits that. going yeah that'll be good people uh, are gonna appreciate that one I got to talk to you about uh, my gift, though, because I might need you to help me out. Um, okay. But, yeah, so I think it's going to it's going to depend a lot upon, like, how am I waking up on Saturday morning? Right. Am I, like, am I feeling like, all right, well, it's it's early. I got, I got, you know, I got time. Or am I waking up and just being like... Uh, I got some fucking commas to rearrange. Maybe I should make a national frappe joke instead of the light bulb one. Oh, that would be good too. Um, but yeah, so, sure. So it's gonna be a play by ear thing. And and what about you? What is your what is your know. plan? You're Pat, gonna be you're gonna be at work on Saturday. No, I don't work busy... on weekends anymore. Today, this is my first week not working on weekends. Well, what are we gonna do? What's that? What are we going to do for the podcast? I don't know. This is something we're going to have to figure out. Maybe it'll be a little bit later. Oh, or, yeah. Let's, I mean, we let's already... Just, let's just start, let's let's just start, start putting it out on, on, on Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> it could be a companion piece where we talk about last week's Monday Night Raw while you watch this week's Monday Night <laughs> Raw. Like a commentary track. Yeah. I mean, I, I only listen to Raw now, so... <laughs> Yo, also, <laughs> I've always thought it... like. Did you ever listen to sports? Did you ever listen to baseball games? Yeah. I would actually rather listen to a baseball game while driving a car than I would watch a baseball game. Right? There's something so lovely about that. And I always thought it would be really cool if you could get someone like Jim Ross, like old time, like old school dude. They did that. Did they? They did it in WCW. Really? You could like, Yeah. You could, through the WCW website, pay to hear a call of the the uh, was it the same tv announce team no it was, it was different awesome. people because he, listening to the tv announce team is fine if you there was also there was also wwf radio which i think at the in, in like 94 it was jim ross and gorilla monsoon no would way. just do i'm not I sure know, like I'd how seen, you heard that i'd heard i'd heard before that you there was ways that you could like go to the show and listen to the broadcast that they had like synced up broadcast headsets i would love it could you imagine going to a wrestling show and you just dweeb you just see an old lady (laughs) just like in in one of those like one of those like those like track jackets with all the buttons on it just like listening to the (laughs) to the the wrestling show steve bartman's there Uh just having a time Uh uh-huh uh all right, what what were we talking about? Um, 
there was I I, I kind of hit a, a brick wall on the WCW book but one of the more interesting things is learning about their early internet presence and seeing like how ahead of things were but also that the technology was just not there at all yeah because they like they put a lot of not a lot of money but a good amount of money into seeing like what could be done with it and when they did the first of those uh uh, you know broadcast over the website like through like real player or whatever yeah. it crashed because they had like they were anticipating like 5,000 people and it was like 75,000 sure. people um, it's like not possible yeah but I think that there was a lot of like internal uh, you know people saying like this is where things are headed and they had a lot of people like, you know, like there were really good stories, too, about like Kevin Nash going in there and just like straight shooting to the fans like so while great. he's there. It's unbelievable. What a maniac. Um, No mention, though, in that book, no mention of Bob Mould, which I'm a little bit annoyed. At by. all? None. Uh, he was there for a minute though, right? He was there for like six months yeah. in 1998. And I'm kind of waiting for the Bischoff podcast to get to a time where I can like fucking just like hit them, hit them up and be like, yo, do you remember working with Bob Mould at all? Eric Bischoff. Cause they'd probably be like, no questions. Probably not. It's probably similar to Freddie Prince Jr. Where it's just like these guys that had other careers hopped in for six months and then they didn't do exactly what the companies wanted them to do. So they got fired. You know why Bob Mould was working there? (laughs) Kevin, got him a, Kevin Nash and him are like friends from way back. No way. Yeah, they've been friends since like 1992. I think what? it was because it was they through met wrestling through wrestling because Bob Mould is like a lifelong wrestling fan. Right. I went to see him at the Metro in uh, like 2013, and I saw him like walking. I was getting food like close by. And it was one of those deals where it's like we had just gotten there and we just saw him like he was clearly had just left the venue and it was going to get food himself. It was like, man, um, if we were a minute and a half later, we would have stopped and bumped into Bob Mould. And I knew in my head I would have just been like, so have you been watching CM Punk? (laughs) That's exactly what I would have said to him. He would have been down probably, right? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, But... So, yeah, let's touch on SmackDown briefly. Sure. Um, They're doing everything right. Okay. It's just going, it's going well. It's just going so well. Uh, Moving on. But you know what? We should stop for a second. I'd like to point out the fucking, uh, the guy in the Mighty Ducks jersey that was sitting front row. Oh, yeah. Fuck that fool. That you, you spent, you spent a hundred and fifty dollars on your fucking charlie conway jersey like go fuck who's yourself that? who's charlie, charlie oh that's conway. charlie that's joshua jackson he yeah. was wearing he was wearing his charlie conway jersey uh and just like being way too smart for everybody else oh you're so funny hey yeah I, totally I'm, I, I'm looking at it i'm like oh yeah this is the highlight of your fucking life you're gonna and brag you about this 150 dollars on that fucking jersey Hey, so uh, Triple H with Shawn Michaels yeah. versus The Undertaker with Oh, I'm sorry. Let me let me go back for a second. The Game, Triple H with <laughs> The Showstopper, The Icon, The Main Event, The Heartbreak Kid, Shawn Michaels, Mr. WrestleMania versus The Phenom, The Dead Man, The Undertaker with The Big Red Machine, The Big Red Demon. The mayor of Knox County, Tennessee, Kane. Singles match. You, you got, got him all right. Mm-hmm. That was it. Uh, okay. Is this is this match going to be the same Undertaker match that we saw at WrestleMania? Um, you know that would be mighty interesting. I think not though, because it's like it's the end of an era. I think that looking back that would make a lot more sense but his match with rusev was like five minutes right yeah and it was that like, was it was not a squash match right it wasn't a squash match but like it wasn't a full match 
I mean, it did what it did, and it was fine. I'm I'm wondering if I don't know. I guess I'm wondering because every Undertaker match is an end of an era match. It has been since he lost at Mania, right? Like it this was is, before that, right? I mean, they walked out of Hell in a Cell, and it was like we're witnessing end the of end an of era. era. It's always an fucking, end of an era. That was eleven years ago. That was <laughs> that was in nineteen ninety two. The I I just wonder if if this is gonna be just like a fun sh- match to pop the crowd, or if it's gonna be if there's gonna be blood. It seems like it can go one of those two ways. Yeah, you know, I think that that's kind of the exciting thing is that Triple H has always taken advantage of his ability to just be like, yeah, we're going to do this. This is what we're going to do. Yeah. We'll worry about it. You you let me talk to my father-in-law. Um, I think that, like, it's kind of tough to make a prediction here because this is a bottle episode. This is, uh, this is so different from everything else that, like, I really, I couldn't give any, like, you know, real hypothesis for it because I don't have very much to base it off of. Yeah. I think that it's probably going to be a lead to, you know, something at uh, Saudi Arabia. Um, But, you know, who knows? It might just be, you know, the reason that Kane and Shawn Michaels are there is to have them there so people show up. Yeah, that that is also... Yeah, I wonder if... What's that... uh, I wonder if, yeah, this is, we're all thinking way too much into this or if it's more of an Occam's Razor situation where, yeah, they're just all here to make people show up. And what's what's Occam's Razor again? I think that's the one, I questioned myself when I said it, I think it's the one that's the most likely answer is the answer. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, and I think that we're overthinking things possibly and maybe the most likely answer is just like, put all the big names on the card. Um, But that just that is to say that this is the closest I've felt to the possibility of Shawn Michaels coming back. I don't know if I'm overthinking this on do my Do you end. really want to see it? No, I don't at all. I don't want Shawn... I do, uh-huh. right? Like, that's a sacred thing. And, and what's amazing about wrestling is when the sacred shit gets broken, right? But I don't want that to happen. It's not going to be good. There's I think no that way. It's, I think that it's something that I will always, like, be happy with is my feeling of like i don't want to see it just to see it and i think that that's Mm -hmm. a big that's a big thing like that has always been a part of wrestling it's not it's not new but like you know people really want to see fucking hulk hogan just to see fucking hulk hogan like come out and do the thing yeah and it's like why why the fuck would i pay money to see that yeah I just I I think that I always kind of want I, I I always want to be able to think that like what I'm watching is something that I wouldn't be like completely embarrassed by like bringing someone new to. So if it's like, oh, so there there's this like 55 year old like out of shape guy who has to wear a headband to keep his cowboy hat on, like he's wrestling. That seems great. Cool. Um, I was like, no, but he was the best. Like. 20 years ago he used to be amazing you should see this match uh bobby lashley and john cena <laughs> i'm just going by the wikipedia sure yeah this who are the other fighting kevin dude, owens I, and elias i am right? gonna be i the thing i'm looking forward to the most about this is seeing john cena's like crazy weird body in i haven't the seen it at all dude it's weird cool he lost like probably 40 pounds of muscle no of just like excess body well it's like you know how you know how like wrestler muscles are so like puffy and john cena's like cut as fuck but he still like got so much like puff to yeah. him it's like all the puff is gone oh well, this is gonna be weird he looks insane i want to show you a picture actually okay yeah i mean i would love to see it I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look it up right now. Daniel Bryan versus The Miz. Singles match to determine the number one contender for the WWE Championship. So this is the other match that has stakes to it, right? This is the one. 
Well, I a lot of these. We got a few title matches. What other title matches? There's Joe other, versus the, AJ. Yeah, Maybe that. we should talk about those two together yeah. because I think one is going to like kind of maybe telegraph what happens in the other because I don't think anybody is wanting true. the Miz Samoa Joe title match. What I would love to see cuz Daniel Bryan, you know, he's he's been getting beat a lot. But oh my I God, would, John Cena looks fucking crazy. He looks crazy, right? <laughs> but what I Sorry. would like, I think that you know, the idea of Daniel Bryan winning this and then getting a title match that keeps the Miz in a very, very good spot for a continuing feud with Daniel Bryan. Like the you know, the Miz I would like to see, you know, Daniel Bryan gets this win, Daniel Bryan gets a title shot, and whether it's AJ versus or it's against AJ or against Joe, like that's fucking exciting. Yeah, they're both three matches. You know, I think that that gives a lot for the Miz to chew on here. And I think it's like, I think people probably need a little bit of faith in Daniel Bryan right now because like, I think, th- I don't think there's anything wrong with the way that he's been booked. I don't think they're, they're blowing it. I think that they're actually telling a really good long story. Um, but a title shot here, you know, it could go a lot of ways. Yeah. And I like Daniel getting the like, kind of the win that matters. Well, I wonder though because I think in a in a, in a in a vacuum either one of them winning is obviously going to lead to a future match with with them at, with higher stakes. Whether right. they win the whether the winner of this wins the championship or not, this is going to continue and the I think if the if the Miz wins, there's a very clear pathway too of Daniel Bryan finding him for the belt at WrestleMania or whatever. I think people have been hypothesizing about this for a while, but I think you're right that there's. I mean, the trade-off here is that Daniel Bryan can get the win that he kind of needs now, that we've all kind of been nervous about, and he's been maybe floundering. And then on the opposite end of that is that then he gets the championship shot earlier than WrestleMania, which seems like that would be the perfect storytelling way to go about it. Yeah. I think that there's, I think there are scenarios other than Miz beating the current champion to get the, I think that the belt should eventually be on Miz. Sure. But you know who the belt should be on next? Motherfucking Samoa Joe. Oh yeah. And, I don't want to see Joe and Miz, and that's the only matchup that we don't want to see, right? Right. Out of like the four of these and there's there they would not book it. No, there, there's, there's no, no reason for that. Um, but dude, the fucking time is ripe for Joe. Mm-hmm. And so does that mean Daniel Bryan wins? Is that why Daniel Bryan? I wins want this Daniel match? Bryan to win because I want Joe to win, and yeah, I think that uh, I just. Joe has done so much with this and this is like Mm -hmm. this is such an example of somebody taking the ball and running with it and yeah I I want that belt on him I want him to be the the one that's like fucking come and get it because yeah that's his you know this is really fucking heartfelt and passionate but also like a really good spot for Joe to be in is to be like, I got it. I'm the man. Just like I'm like, I've fucking been saying I am. And if you want this thing, you just got to come and take it from me. Yeah. I think we're at a point right now where no matter who wins this, it's an interesting spot to be in because no matter who wins the championship match, uh, in Australia, it's almost like they're a transitional champion at this point. Right. We know this belt, isn't going to stay on whoever wins it for more than half a year. Yeah. And that's a weird spot. That's a really interesting spot. Um, and then I guess, yeah, that does dictate how the rest of these matches play out. Um, the other SmackDown title match 
that were this is what you fucking headline the show. Becky Lynch Ugh. versus I Can't wait. Charlotte. You know, and I I feel like I try not to put too much stock into like what, you know, who's who people are high on in the back according to, you know, the people who report who's high on who in the back, but every every you know, positive thing that you could be hearing about uh Becky's stock uh, in the within the company right now is coming in pretty fucking positively, and I, you know, I think that like whatever happens here, um, the there there wouldn't be no case where we would worry about uh, Becky in any way because she's becoming fucking she's she's phasing into that part of her career where it's like here's who we're looking back on. Mm-hmm. In 10, 15 years. Yeah. And I mean, I wonder, do you care who wins this match? No, I don't. I just want it. I just want it to uh, advance. I think that um, I, I think it would be a weird look if Charlotte won clean. That's the only thing that I think would be uh, maybe detrimental, but also like, you know, Becky could come away from that. She's just been just so good bowing. at just like talking, you know. Mm-hmm. She's so good at, at at talking herself up and also justifying how she feels, and it's 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 so funny. I was thinking about this when I was watching SmackDown with the fact that your your number one heel on SmackDown is your number one face as far as the crowd goes and your number one face on Raw is the number one heel. Yeah, that's really interesting. Uh, I'm really stoked. I'm so stoked about this match. I don't know. Yeah, I don't care either who wins. I hope it just keeps going. I'm excited for this to hopefully come to a head at Evolution and uh, to see some really impactful, meaningful moments happen there um but yeah i no matter what happens this is i mean the the one thing that i'm in that i'm thinking about is the uh the feud with sasha and charlotte that went back and forth and back and forth for a while and it seems clear they're trying to rack up some wins on charlotte's uh on charlotte's record books you know get to that 16 time championship brain eventually whatever uh so it's it would make sense if they trade this belt a couple times here i don't know i'm just stoked to see him fight again yeah i think that um i i have an investment in in becky that as a as a cranky uh soon to be 32 year old i'm like not <laughs> it, it it just doesn't happen very often yeah. so I'm, I'm down to just like ride with it uh shield versus uh braun Strowman, dolph ziggler and drew mcintyre it's like the number two raw match i would say um doesn't really have stakes though yeah it'll just be i mean i think the stakes are which they i mean to go full circle here the stakes are now who's turning on who who's like who is the the rogue agent here in this match what if what if Dean and Dolph formed the Ohio Double D's. I do like the, that they did. <laughs> I like that they turned that conversation on to Dolph and then Dolph came out and like just so smartly like did not interfere in the Seth match. But helped Drew get the win. That yeah. was so fucking so good. good. Like th- this guy just like justifying his existence right away. Um, you know, I think that I I doubt that you're going to see like a big moment in this. Maybe there's like you know some some dust ups, some like you know. You don't think s- something big's gonna happen? No, just because I think that like this being in a stadium where the sound goes up mm. you i i mean i don't know i i think that having like the big turn happen in a 
uh, in an arena is probably going to be better for your effect. Yeah, I I wonder the thing that I'm interested in with this is everyone's calling it a glorified house show. Everyone's been calling all these things glorified house shows, and I wonder if they, if WWE has to prove something here that this does have meaning and maybe they do prove it with a couple title changes uh but i also wonder if uh maybe they prove it with a real storytelling you know move here with a wild maneuver yeah i mean it's it's one of those things where the 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 fact that like people are saying what they're saying about it on the internet uh I think that should be taken uh, and put up against the, well, also 80,000 people are paying to see yeah. it. So who the fuck cares what you think? That's very true. <laughs> yeah. They sold this place out. People in Australia are so excited about it. And if you, uh, if you subscribe now to the WWE network, you can watch it which is why are they still trying to sell us with that? Remember like two years ago when shoemaker is like, why don't they just run ads on Monday night football? Yeah. I'll never understand the internal marketing of WWE. It doesn't make any sense to me. They're telling me that they're so popular. I'm watching it every week. I don't need to know if you're trending on Twitter, man. Really doesn't matter to me. That does not make a difference. I, I, yeah, I don't know either. I think that there's a, there's an aspect of like, they feel like they need to, uh, boost our self-esteem because what we're watching <laughs> is fake and stupid yeah. but yeah i'm i'm with you and then they're just like oh and then this big menacing breast cancer that kills all of these people we gotta fight that like all right i mean you just told me <laughs> that i gotta worry about uh braun Strowman because he's really big which and strong like me, which, which one is worse? the actual threat here why is a roman reigns fighting breast cancer um so hey this has been uh postmarktum number 23 my name is tim with my friend scott here and uh yeah we um we like to get together even if we're not talking about wrestling once a week at least we had a great cup of coffee last week but today we came back we came back we got to talk about the super showdown had a great cup of coffee this week yeah i have a nice new mug yeah and i'm a nice new alkaline trio mug um hey but uh super showdown should be pretty fun i kind of like that these things don't have rules written into them yet i think that that's an exciting thing that we can just kind of look at it and just be like yeah i mean we can theorize but fucking i don't know what this actually means to them so you know who knows what could happen i'll watch it when i feel like it Maybe I'll watch it. Maybe I'll watch it at 8 a.m. Uh, Central Standard Time on Saturday. Maybe I'll just listen to it when I when I go to work. Listen on to Monday. it during the wedding. Maybe. Hey, maybe. Put it on your phone on the just pulpit. Put it on my my Bluetooth headphones. I still gotta find a. I still gotta find a, like a hardcover book that I gotta read things out of. Oh. Hmm. I used to have a good like superstars of WWF book. That would that be was, good. Oh, it was so choice and then threw it out but hey it's how things go sometimes but we'll be back next week we promise we'll be back next week uh to to run down all these things and to talk and, and to just be merry and joyful as we always were so come back subscribe to it on uh apple Podcasts. tell a friend about it and we will see you next week thanks bobos Almost blue Almost doing things we used to do There's a girl here and she's almost you Almost All the things that you rise once promised
riding with this disaster became me It named me as the fool who only aimed to be Almost blue It's almost touching it Almost do There is part of me that's always true Always Not all good things come to an end Now it is only a chosen few seen such an unhappy car